the characteristics of God and his role in our lives, how we interact with God, the different ways. And I don't want uh, us to think of God as segmented or compartmentalized. Um, He's not something that we just grab when we need it for one particular thing. I mean, he is an all-encompassing figure uh, and power. And so we want to think of God in a complete sense. But just like you and I all serve different roles in our lives and our relationships with others, the deepening of that relationship is when we truly understand and appreciate all of those roles and, and how they're filled and how that interaction takes place. I, growing up, understood that my dad was my dad. But as I've gotten older and I've become a father and I think about my role as a provider, as a protector, um, as a teacher, and a variety of things, the, the way I interact with my children, I realize the role that my father filled for me and that deepens my appreciation and understanding of that relationship. So we want to do that by looking at Scripture and seeing how God interacts with his people and the roles that he fills. And last week we talked about one of the more fundamental descriptions of God as a creator in not only creating the world and everything that's in the world, but creating life and sustaining life and continuing to provide through creation even the creation of new things. And we talked about God being the only, the only entity that is recognized as a creator in Scripture, a true creator. And we we read the words of David as he called on God to create in him a clean heart, a new spirit, a renewal, that that will come through God and God alone if we seek him out. So today, we continue to expand our understanding of God and how he interacted with his people as we look at God's power to lead, God asks us to go places. He asks us to move sometimes. We can think of many examples in Scripture where he asked people to move and where their response and their following after uh, sometimes took a difficult journey, but God was always present. One of the first that we read about and the first that we, we think about maybe is Uh, Abraham. Abraham is called to go to a new place. God doesn't tell him where. He doesn't tell tell him much. He just says, you need to pack your stuff and go. And he eventually gets where God needs him to be to do the things he needs him to do, and God gets him there. But when we read in Hebrews chapter 11, we read about these great heroes of faith, and he is listed there because uh, the writer says when God called him to go, he just went. And he trusted that God would lead him where he needed to go. Uh, Thomas read for us uh, the passage as Israel, as the, as the Israelites are leaving Egypt, they are led by God in the form of a, a great cloud, a pillar, a cloud, uh, or this fire, this flame at night. I've always found that fascinating. You know, I can, there are some stories in Scripture that I remember and have this image burned in my head of the, the, like, like the slide from the little Sunday school. I'm old enough that we had slides. Uh, the, the slide or, the, or the, the flannel graph. You know, the teacher would put up the flannel graph. And I remember the big flame and I remember the big cloud and I remember what that looked like on that flannel graph. So I guess it did its job. 
because that's how I visualize that story now when I read about it. I think sometimes we're a little bit fearful about God's call and God's urging us to go and to move and to do something, to, 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 to move to a different place, not physically, but even just spiritually. When God calls us to make a change, it scares us a little bit because it feels daunting. But you cannot find in all of Scripture an instance where God called on someone to move, to leave, to go, to be active, to make a change that he did not also give them the direction to get there. God is our navigator. He is a guide. A navigator, that word has a whole different meaning, by the way, now, uh, than it once did. You know, it, it used to on ships, maybe but later on airplanes, uh, in aviation, we, all, we have a navigator. That person knows how to read a map. Uh, knows how to, how to know where your position, this is long before satellites uh, were a thing, they could figure out where you were and where you needed to go and how you needed to get there. And now, of course, we have technology that does it for us. It's not always perfect. Uh, I drove to Blanchardville yesterday. Uh, Cleone, I was up there for the homecoming football game for the radio station. And I always have to be mindful when I do that game of making sure I enter town the right direction so I can get to the field. Because if you get there after a certain time and there's only like two streets in the whole town, you're going to be stuck behind a parade for about an hour. And I had to get there. So I always have to be mindful and I have to set my navigation to get me to town a certain direction. It takes about five minutes longer the way I have to go so I can get there to the, to the football field. But I put in where I want to go. It aligns all the satellites and all this. I mean, it's just sorcery. It's just magic. I don't know how it works. It gets everything figured out, all these algorithms to know where I want to go and figures out the best way to get me there and then tells me how to do it. That's what modern navigation is. It's computers and technology. It's digital. But in either case, whether the old school or the new school, we've got to know a few things. We've got to know where we're going and then we've got to figure out how to get there. When we look through Scripture and we see God's people being asked to move, to change, to alter their course, there is not a single time where God asks them to do it that he doesn't provide leadership and navigation. He is the great navigator. When he asked Abraham to go, he showed him the way. He led him where he needed. Now, Abraham didn't necessarily know what was the next step, he just knew God was in front of him. The Israelites, they didn't know where they were going. In fact, sometimes they grumbled and complained about it. But God never once left the position of leading them where they needed to go. They questioned, they complained, they went through cycles of faithfulness and unfaithfulness. But through all of it, God was always present leading them. That flame never went out at night, and that cloud never dissipated during the day. God took them, as he said he would, to where they needed to be. He didn't free them and say, okay, find the promised land. He said, I will show you the way. I mentioned this in our, our Bible class on Wednesday night. We're studying Revelation. I mentioned the verse in, in, the, in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, ask and the door will be open, seek and you will find. 
uh, knock, I'm sorry, ask, <laughs> I got that all backwards, uh, seek and you will find, ask and, and knock. He, he tells them to do those three things. He doesn't say you have to have the answer and you have to know where you're going all the time or that you have to be the one to open the door. He will provide the answers. He will provide the direction. But we have to seek after him and be willing to follow. Let's consider a few verses that describe the attitude of those who follow after. Let's go to Psalms. Many of these are from the Psalms and the Proverbs as David uh, talks about the virtue of being led by God. And also uh, Solomon writes about the wisdom of following after God. Psalm chapter 37, beginning in verse 22. For those blessed by him will inherit the land, uh, but those crushed by him will be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. It is God that holds him on a course. It is God that directs him in the way that he wants him to go. Uh, Flipping over to Proverbs now, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. It's not always the route that we want to take, but it is the route that God has in store. Psalm, back to Psalm now, chapter 31. And it's amazing to see David in his evolution and in his thought. I mean, we're reading David's prayer journal in the book of Psalms. We're reading his thoughts and his heart as it relates to his relationship with God. And sometimes he's angry and sometimes he's sad and sometimes he's overjoyed, but he's always aligned with understanding that God's in control. He never ceases to acknowledge that God is in control. And in Psalm 31, beginning in verse 14, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. That is my life, my, that my existence is in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. David is asking for deliverance, and that in itself is a form of navigation. Get me out of this. Show me the exit strategy. Show me the way. Show me how to escape. Uh, Back to Proverbs. We go to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 24, man's steps are ordained by the Lord. And how then can man understand his way? Now, this one is an interesting thought. Man's steps are ordained by the Lord. It gives some kind of indication that you're not really in control. Um, I don't accept the interpretation of Scripture that says we're without free will. Uh, And I don't believe that this verse is saying we're without free will. I think what it's saying is that You're not going anywhere if God is not with you. Um, You you might choose your steps and you might choose your direction, but only God can clear that path. And you're only going to go where God wants you to go. You're only going to go in the direction that God, if you're following after God, it's going to be in his direction. So our steps, though we may choose them, it is God who sustains us. It is God who brings together what we need. Remember that all things work for good for those who love the Lord. We remember that verse. That doesn't mean that every step is going to be a good step. It doesn't mean that every direction is going to be the right direction. But if we're oriented on God the Father, 
and allow him to navigate us through this world, we will get where we're going. Think about Jonah. Jonah was called to go out, wasn't he? Now, remember what I said earlier. Uh, when, When God calls his people to move, he always provides them with navigation. He always provides them with direction. And he says to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to preach to the people there, and I want you to tell them about me. And he says, I don't want to have anything to do with Nineveh. They're going to kill me. They are horrible people. They are an actual, they're a despicable nation, a despicable city. I don't want anything to do with it. And he tries to run from God. He hides. Now look at what happens to Jonah. There is a storm. The ship is tossed about. Those on board the ship decide that someone has obviously angered the Lord. And so Jonah is thrown overboard. And in being thrown overboard, he's swallowed by the great fish, we'll call it. And then after praying to God and after humbling himself, and in the, I would imagine the belly of a fish, uh, it's hard to be more humble than that. Praise to God. God delivers him from there. He's vomited up onto land, and he proceeds to Nineveh. Now, that's not exactly a pillar of fire or a cloud leading someone across the desert. That's a lot more difficult road to travel. But God still got him where he needed to be. And he got him there, not only physically, but he also led his heart to where it needed to be. Now, it didn't stay there. Jonah is a very difficult person. Jonah is a very stubborn person. And he continued to have some really bad hang-ups about God's grace towards sinful people. And if you read the rest of that story, you know he really struggles with that. But even though he had his own shortcomings and his personal failings, God led him somewhere. He never says go without giving you the way. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And it's a long one, so we're going to go to verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. David acknowledging the illumination of the way that God provides. I think if any of you have ever hiked through the woods at night, you know the difference between having no light and having even just a small flashlight. What a difference that can make into lighting your path and to protecting you and keeping you safe. Proverbs chapter 19 again and uh, verse 21. Proverbs 19 verse 21. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. We often have plans. We often have directions. We often map out our course. And that's fine. God doesn't say that there is only one way necessarily to to what we have planned. God doesn't tell you don't make your own plans. I mean, I think Jesus encouraged that we be people of discernment and wisdom. I think the scriptures encourage that. It's not about who's making the plans necessarily. It's about how oriented you are on God's giving you direction how open your mind is to God directing the paths. So I might say, and I I know people, you know, growing up I would hear people say this, 
they would use this phrase, well, next week we're going to meet together here at 10 o'clock, Lord willing. And they would say Lord willing because, you know, the scripture says, hey, God's in control. You don't say that tomorrow I'm going to do this, that, or the other. You should say if the Lord wills it. I understand the sentiment. I also don't think there's anything wrong with making plans. That's fine. I don't think it offends God for us to make plans. I think it offends God for us to not invite him into those plans. To not consider him in our plans. To not consider his direction and his leadership in our plans. Orienting yourself to God. Letting him be your guiding beacon. That's what we're called to. And I know some people that you know, they, well, well, I don't know what God's will is for me. I need to pray about this. I've got to pray because I've got a choice to make, and I just need God to give me a sign and speak to me. Should I go to McDonald's or Burger King? Uh, God doesn't care what hamburger. I mean, you, you keep eating those, you're going to see them a lot sooner. But God doesn't really, that's not the choice where you need to bring God in. What God wants is you to be oriented on him. And we ask ourselves, we make, have those decision points. And it's fine to pray about decisions. It's fine to pray about choices. But we should get out of a mindset of thinking about that in individual pictures of choices and points at which the, the, the road forks and asking God to guide us down one or the other. You can take a right-hand turn. You can take a left-hand turn. If you're oriented on God, you'll get where you're going, and that's the point. See, we get too focused in on our plan. And what am I going to eat for lunch today? And God's saying, I really don't care what you eat. Just love other people and glorify me. Now, there are times when the choice is very clear between right and wrong. And there are other times when the choice seems a lot muddier and a lot more difficult. And it's in those times we must pray to God we must look to Christ and we must trust the steps that he will lay out for us. One final verse. This one comes from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah 48, 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. And he goes on there. But I want you to notice how he identifies himself. I am the Lord your God, the one who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. God identifies himself as the navigator, as the one who makes the path, who clears the way, and who directs the steps. We can look at example after example after example in Scripture, anecdotally, and see that God calls his people to a place, calls them to move, calls them to change direction, and in every case, he offers a way. He offers leadership. He never asks us to follow him blindly. 
He never asks us to follow him blindly. He asks us to follow where he is pointing, where he is leading, and where he is directing. And that is not a matter of simply a linear process of choices, one after the other. That is a matter of a heart that is tuned to the frequency of God, that is following the beacon that the Lord is shining in this world. And I think one of the greatest examples of God, our navigator, is his son, Jesus. Because if God's ultimate goal is truly to draw us to him, then we have to cross a great chasm between us and God. And that is the failings of our own spirit, the failings of our own choices, the failings of our own sin, our weakness, our brokenness and ugliness. How do we cross that wide a gap to be redeemed, restored, whole, and pure before God? That might be the most arduous journey that a soul can take. It's certainly a much wider gap than 40 years of wandering in a wilderness. It's a much wider gap than getting to Nineveh. It's a much wider gap than Abraham wandering over the land until God tells him, that's where I want you. It's the widest gap that mankind could ever cross. The most arduous journey that human beings have ever faced is the journey from where we are to where God is. And God provided a way. Look at John chapter 14 and verse 6. And we know this verse very well. We'll start in verse 5. Thomas the apostle said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Uh, technology, everything's based on algorithms now, and YouTube, for whatever reason, decided to suggest to me the other day this video that showed probably 10 or so well-known, popular preachers, uh, various denominational backgrounds and various uh, doctrines, but in interview settings. And they were being asked by interviewers, is Jesus the only way? And then the video was kind of grading them on how well they answered that question because some of them, um, you know, because atheists buy self-help books too, uh, some of them wouldn't actually come right out and say it. And some of them were very strong in their opinion and some were in between. I don't know why YouTube thought I wanted to watch that, but it is interesting because this statement, this statement, it might be the most controversial statement in the world that one can make. If you want to watch someone's entire public career collapse, just watch what happens when they say Jesus is the Son of God and he's the only way. It's a scary thing to say. It's a contra because you've now excluded all the other ways that people think they're going to get to any higher power. And yet this is the message that we preach. This is the essence of the faith that saves us. This is the very core of what we believe. But it all stems from an understanding that we serve a God and follow after a God that makes a path for us, that directs our ways. 
He's not a turn-by-turn -turn GPS, but he does know where we're starting, he knows where we need to be, and he knows how to get us there. And that chasm that we have to cross, that expanse that we have to span, that only goes one way. It goes through Christ. Abraham can be given a new home. Moses and the Israelites can make it through the desert. Jonah can get to Nineveh. On and on and on, God can set a path and deliver a course to his people. But none has been so great None has been so amazing. None has changed the very fabric of this world like giving Christ to mankind as the path forward. God is our creator, but he is also our navigator. He set us in this world, and it is full of obstacles and wrong turns, and he said, I know where you are, I know where you need to be, and I know how to get you. And the ultimate answer in navigating us to where we need to be was Jesus Christ. If you want evidence that God is the supreme navigator, look at his son. Because where he was able to get us, where he is able to get us, is a, is a greater task than any other thing has ever accomplished. To help us on this journey, to guide us in this way. We're also not alone amongst ourselves. Yes, God is our navigator, but we're all on that journey together. And there are going to be times where we have to urge one another back on track. There are going to be times where we have to link arms and hang on. Uh, we took a trip a little over a year ago down to Florida. We wanted to have some time on the beach. Uh, and so we took all six of us down to Naples, Florida. And, uh, and we went to um, Marco Island. Marco Island uh, is kind of an upscale part of, of Naples. And, uh, but, but in, you know, if you have one of those nice houses right there on the beach, you just walk out your back door, right? But if you're like us common folk, we got to kind of take a little hike to get to the beach. It's a beautiful beach, uh, Marco Island. But... There's two ways you can get there from where you park your car. You can either walk all the way around. you got to go through the beach and around this kind of swampy area, and then you're there, and that would take all, all day. Or you can hike through that lagoon over there in waist-deep water and cut that down probably 80%, and then you're on the beach. And I said, that's what I want to do. So we packed everything up. We had the chairs on our backs. We had the cooler. We had all the, you know, the toys you play with in the sand. We had the kids, and, they, and the little ones had their life vests on. And we just kind of grabbed onto each other and just started walking through that water. And it got a little deeper and a little deeper, and then the boys are floating, and the cooler's floating. And, and we just had to hang on. Just hang on, and we'll all get there. There are times in life where we just have to hang on. Hang on to each other, and we'll get through that water. Hang on to each other, and we'll get where we're going. With our church family as our support, and our strength, and our God as our navigator, we will reach the place he has made for us. We will reach the promised land. We will reach a home of eternity and peace with God. And I pray that we will all... 
be people of faith who help one another and who help those around us in our community see that path and walk day by day and step by step on it. And if you're in need of assistance on that journey, that's why we're here. You're safe and you're home and we love you. Let us pray for you. Let us walk with you. Let's take that journey together. If you have that need, let us know as we stand and while we sing.